This is Donna Otto, and we are modern homemakers. I don't know what makes us modern, but we are modern homemakers. We think we're modern because we try to give you encouragements for every day of your modern life with methods, the message of modern life with methods that come straight from the scripture. It's been a wonderful journey. We have been doing this now for 30 plus years, and I can still remember the moment that I understood that the scripture was full of messages from Christ, and the method was different. He healed by putting a little spittle on someone's eyes. He healed by saying, get up and walk. He healed by just wearing the garment, and the woman was touched. And so there are different methods and we hope the modern part of Modern Homemakers are new methods, different methods that relate to what we're living through in 2021. But the message is the same. And over 10 years ago, I produced a number of shows for daily activities with small children for the season of Lent. Now, Lent we're going to talk about on another day, but remember that the word Lent really means spring. It became attached to the spring of the year as we prepared and eggs were being colored because they're fresh and spring of the year flowers and daffodils and Easter bunnies and all of that became the prelude for Easter. At Modern Homemakers, we think the prelude for Easter is a time of preparation, of preparing your heart just like we do before the birth of Christ celebration in December. We do it for the preparation of the week of weeks that Christ endured on our behalf for Good Friday and for Resurrection Sunday. And we think these 40 days of preparation match the 40 days of Christ in the wilderness. And so we're going to air an old series. Listen to me hard. It's an old series, 10 plus years. But I believe every method will still be one that you can engage with your children at various ages as they too prepare their hearts for what is coming. Week of weeks, Good Friday, starting with Palm Sunday, week of weeks, Good Friday, and Resurrection Sunday, Easter. Thank you so much for being a part of Modern Homemakers. Thank you for your emails and your notes and your letters, and for your prayers and for your financial contributions. We are very grateful. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make a very uncommon time of preparation with your children for Easter. I'm very excited for the days ahead. Many, many years ago, decades ago, I began practicing quite quietly in those days the practice of Lent. And so this is the beginning of that time again. And some of you are listening to me and you say, I don't know much about Lent. I don't know what that really means and where does it come from. So that's my intent today. I want to talk to you about this and where it, what it how it evolved, what it looks like, why we do it, all right? But I want to 
speak to you first about this passage that we find in the book of Matthew, where we see Jesus being baptized in the River Jordan. <laughs> have you ever been to the River Jordan? I have been privileged to be at the River Jordan twice. But have you ever heard, oh, a Negro spiritual about the River Jordan or been to a baptismal service at a river of any kind outside of your swimming pool or the baptismal tank in your church? Well, this picture starts in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, which we are plotting through here at Modern Homemakers. In this next year, we're going to continue to look at various aspects of the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is preceded by chapter 4 of Matthew, and it's, it's quite a picture. I wish I were um, an artist that I could actually brush the strokes on of what I see and what I think I see. And it is Jesus being baptized in the River Jordan. Okay. Wow, Jesus, choosing to be baptized. And while he's being baptized, suddenly the heavens were opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Oh, gives me goosebumps. And a voice from heaven that says, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Can you imagine being there? The water is moving. The water is cool. The banks of the Jordan River are very muddy, and you just kind of walk down into them. They're not very steep. At least they weren't when I was there. And, and this amazing thing happens before everyone. But more than that, the Son of Christ, who is in body form, remember he's a human being, but he is still the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And he hears his father saying to him, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. If you're a parent, I hope you've said that to your children. I hope you often say that to your children. This is a parental moment between God, the Father, and Jesus, and about what he is about to finish by his ministry here on earth. And the very next line says, then, following what we've just read, then Jesus was led, and Matthew says led, Luke says drove, Mark says led, by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Okay, so can you see this juxtaposition of these amazing two pictures? He's... He's in this beautiful baptismal river, and the water is moving, and, and then he is being sent to those of us who live in Arizona to this desert, this very arid desert, which we've lived in, my husband and I, for over 40 years. We know what the desert looks like. It's dry and dusty and dirty and hot. And I can remember after we had lived here just a very short time, I took the hose the garden hose, and I was washing down the trees and the bushes in our backyard. My husband came out, being very conscious of the cost of water and uh, what, a, what a short supply we have on this earth. He said, what are you doing? And I said, it's so dirty, I'm washing it. I was literally, the bushes and the trees were so dirty from the dust and the lack of rain. Last year, Arizona had five inches of rain for the whole year. Now, those of you who live in the 
wetlands like the East Coast and Michigan and Minneapolis, you don't even know what that number looks like. So I was washing the trees. So this is generally what we're talking about as we move into this time called Lent. Now, Lent is not a Catholic word. Lent is not a church word. Lent is from the German word, L-E-N-C-T-E-N, Lechten, or spring. And it, but it is, this concept of Lent is practiced by many denominations uh, around the world. Evangelical churches are being more open to having this practice as a part of their church calendar. So the Spirit drove Jesus to the wilderness. I think that's what Lent is about. It's our choice to choose to move from the streams of water, fresh and bubbling, to the fasting and heat of the desert. It's a choice. You don't have to practice. You don't have to put aside any number of days, much less 40 days, to practice something that will basically do a a sacrifice, a surrender of some sort. While I choose, I also know I can rest in my inertia and my fear and my desire to keep my word. I was thinking about leaving the bubbling water of days freedom to do all the things that I do and asking the Lord, what is it you want me to sacrifice during these 40 days so that I can every day relate to something about your sacrifice, about your sacrifice. People often ask me about the sacrifice of Christ and I, many years ago, came in the realization that while the cross was the purpose of his being here and that it brought redemption, I'm not sure that that was the hardest part of his sacrifice. He left the heavenly places wherever they are, whatever that looks like, but it is with God and the Spirit, and he came here. He not only came here, he allowed himself, submitted himself, surrendered himself to be in a mother woman's womb, to come through the birth canal, dirty and dark and messy, and then to live on this planet where we know the world power, enemy, Satan, whatever you call it, is loose and sin is rampant. Now, now that doesn't sound to me like the River Jordan. It sound, the whole thing sounds like a desert experience. But he leaves the River Jordan, and now his desert experience is being sent out for 40 days. So as I prepare my 40 days, and I've been thinking about it a lot, and I prepare for it, I have this sense of, ah, if I say it, then I have to do it. Have I told anyone what I'm planning to do? No one. I think that gives me the freedom to not do it yet. And because I am a woman who many decades ago said that if there was one thing in my life that I wanted to be known for, it would be that I was a woman of my word. That my word was my bond. If I said yes, I meant yes. And if I said no, I meant no. I still remember our little grandchildren. We were all three of us were together, me and the children. And Eliana, the little girl, was saying to me, well, Nana, couldn't we? And I said, no, Eliana. And she asked me again. And the third time she started to ask me, my grandson, who's two years older, he said, when she says no, she means it. (laughs) I thought, he has no idea how important those words were to me. But now I'm getting getting closer to this saying yes to it. Did Jesus need to be driven? Maybe he did need to be driven because he was human. 
If I want the growth I crave, I must be driven to making choices that will increase that growth. That does look like sacrifice. That does look like fasting and sacrifices and choices that allow me to surrender myself, allow me to surrender myself. In the book of John, chapter 3, verse 8, let me read it to you if I can find it here. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. The Spirit leads you to something. I'm calling you in these days before Lent begins. Is the Spirit calling you to do something sacrificial, like fasting, like giving something up by doing something every day, reminding yourself of it? Of all the years that I have done this, singularly, the hardest year was the year that I chose to give up coffee. And uh, for those of you who know and love me, you know that coffee is my favorite food. And giving up coffee every morning was really singularly the time that I so remembered why I was doing what I was doing. Every morning, my habit for decades is to get up and have my coffee. And that 40 days, I got up and didn't have my coffee. Now, that is hardly a sacrifice and certainly not a sacrifice to compare with Christ. But for me, it was a reminder of what that surrender looks like. What I'm really saying, it's my choice. It's my choice to surrender. It's my choice to stop resisting and receiving the love, the one who loves me more than I can understand. And when I make this choice to surrender, what I'm really choosing is to allow God to show his love to me in a different way. Is, is that interesting to you? It is to me. It's the letting go. It's the letting go of the welcome prayer. And if you've never read the welcome prayer, prayer or prayed it, um, it starts with welcome, welcome, welcome. And then it offers you many things that he would call us to let go and let him be in charge of. There's a copy of it on our website in free resources. Yes, it's a sacrifice, but it's also a freedom to receive his gifts. When the spirit of the truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. John 16, 13 tells us, all truths of his love. So where do you stand at the beginning of the 40 days of preparation for the week of weeks, which will intersect with your life? For me, it always feels like a do-over. It's a do-over. I get another opportunity. After years and years of doing this, um, reading the passages, and you'll find them listed uh, on the front page of our website, all the passages in all the Gospels for every day's reading to walk you through these 40 days and the last days particularly of a relationship with Christ. This is another opportunity for me to pray and to ask God to show me, um, help me to recognize what's in my heart that I might plan and prepare myself for wilderness experience. In the book of Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, do you still do that? I do. There are a few verses that I like to read to you about this baptism and temptation. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart, the spirit descending like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. I love that picture. 
wild beast. I'm afraid I've never seen a wild beast. The wildest beast I've ever seen has been in a zoo somewhere. Or maybe, I don't know, the javelina that came into my yard was eating my flowers one year. Um, wild beasts, I don't understand. But the scripture makes that phrase so intense that we would know how difficult this temptation was. And the angels helped him. The angels were there. Well done, God says to his child. Now go to the wilderness for fasting and temptation. Frankly, I'm not sure I want to buy into that. Jesus did the next thing, just the next thing, just the next thing, and the next thing. And he called us, he calls us to do the next thing and the next thing. My dear friend Elizabeth Elliot, who has um, been home with our Heavenly Father for six years now, uh, introduced a poem to me and to thousands of others that her mother had given her, and it's called Do the Next Thing. I'm asking you today to consider what doing the next thing will look like as you prepare your heart for the greatest days of our celebration for Christ, the days of his crucifixion and resurrection. From an old English parsonage down by the sea, there came in the twilight a message for me. Its quaint Saxon legend, deeply engraven, it has, seems to me, God's teaching from heaven. And on through the hours, the quiet words ring like a low inspiration. Do the next thing. Many a questioning, many a fear, many a doubt has its quieting here. Moment by moment, let down from heaven, time, opportunity, guidance are given. Fear not tomorrow, child of the king. Trust them with Jesus. Then do the next thing. Do it immediately, do it with prayer, do it reliantly, casting all care. Do it with reverence, tracing Christ's hand, who placed it before you with earnest command. Stayed on omnipotence, safe beneath his wing. Leave all resultings and do the next thing. Looking to Jesus, ever serener, working or suffering, let this be your demeanor. In his dear presence, the rest of his calm. Let the light of Christ's countenance be your psalm. Strong in his faithfulness, praise and sing. Then as he commands you, do the next thing. I can see Elizabeth's face as she read that to me aloud. I can see her finger wagging in a point of emphasis. And I'm trying to do the same with you. Day by day, let Lent happen. That's my prayer. Lord, let Lent happen so that the barriers will fall. The barriers will fall just like the walls fell in Jericho. We are Modern Homemakers and I am Donna Otto and I welcome you to our podcast and thank you for joining us. Remember the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make a very uncommon passage of Lent 2021.